Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Oh, nice view. Oh, yeah, there you go. There, beautiful, beautiful, wow. Oh, yeah, my cookie. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> my cookie manager will be, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be in trouble with the cookie manager. <laughs> I sometimes, I sometimes sneak them too. So I was looking at them earlier. I'm, I'm drinking a protein shake and there were like cookies. And I was like, ah, ah no one will know because no one's around, but I didn't know. <laughs> I get, you know, married life. Yeah. She says that I need to uh, have this green goo drink that she wants me to have in the morning. I'm a coffee drinker. Give me a break. And every time I see it, I think of uh, bitches on the show before. I was in Peru one time, and and the locals were drinking a green drink, and somebody wanted me to have it. And I was like, yeah, I just not, you know, just I just want the coffee. I got the good beans here. And they were pushing me hard, so I was there when they were blending it up. And there was a jar of frogs off to the side, little green tree frogs. And uh, <laughs> the cow reaches over, pulls the lid off, pulls the little frog, throws it in the blender. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, no wonder it's green. It's green tree frog. Uh-huh. And it was supposed to do, you know, have all sorts of nutrients. You know, just throw it in the blender. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm so glad I never had any of that stuff, you know. I didn't tell them. But anyway. Mm. Um, a local delicacy, <laughs> you know, wow. one, one eyeball floating around at the top of the goo, you know, I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. And survival, uh, situations, I, I ate some crazy stuff. So, <laughs> but now I'm not so much into that. I like, to oh, no, 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 no. wait a second. <laughs> Are you saying that the crazy stuff made you crazy? Is that part of the issue here? <laughs> that, that could be, that could be, that could be the why that I'm crazy. No doubt about it. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, you know, they have the people that lick frogs and because uh, oh, they yeah. get uh, the psychedelic. Psychedelic, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're connoisseurs. Of, oh, no, that, that one there. No, that, get the one with the yellow tummy. Yeah, lick the yellow tummy one. That'll do, you know. Oh, my mm. oh yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, you wonder about the Egyptians worshiping the frogs, okay? And, and what are they licking them too? <laughs> <laughs> they may have been because I think they're all into that stuff. You know the uh, um, uh, those ancient ancient rituals and stuff had had to have something going on there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know we get about it, but I think that's actually quite probably true. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the devil loves to get you doing things that uh, you know embarrass uh, you know show the foolishness of what you're doing, and uh, the demons laughing at you that you go along with their insanity you know naively so very sad yeah. I, I was i was uh listening to your show with nino and i was talking to my uh, audience about that really really good shows you uh, basically the 10 things that we have been winning on i think everyone that's listening to this if you haven't seen or listened to that show go check that out uh over nino's corner uh really really well spelled out i mean you've talked about some of these things over over time but it was a really good job of spelling it out you know, your, your thing about the, the special forces tier one guys coming in and doing an operation where they got the, uh, biologicals and the nukes that was something that we had trained for. for well, it wasn't nukes. It was, it was a, a nuclear material, material. that they'd right, use exactly. a, uh, uh, they'd use, uh, conventional explosives to disperse, but anyway, Perfect. go ahead. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, so yeah, we had trained for that for a long time now. Um, I, I, when I worked for the CIA, uh, we knew there were a couple of nukes out there, like you kind of like talked about, and we were always hunting them. Uh, the same thing when I was at uh, SEAL Team Six, uh, we're always hunting those nukes. We're trying to find where they were. Uh, you talked about how a couple of them have, have been basically tracked down. So I was always we. There was, always there was four. The best that we knew, there was four that that you know, in the circles that that I ran in that that uh, were understood to have gotten loose. And, uh, uh, the word was that we got two of them. We didn't get the other two. So anyway, just, you know, just to be precise. So, 
Yeah, so we, we always thought that there were some of them there, or at least one of them in the Middle East, and some people had said there were. Uh, so I know that we have these connect, or the deep state has connections with the um, that dark side of the Middle East. Of course, there's beautiful everywhere, but there's a dark side everywhere. Uh, there's a dark side on the Middle East. Uh, you know, um, that's that's been cleaned up a little bit. What what are your what are your thoughts on some of that? You think some of those guys might uh, have one of those? Well, you know, I think I think the important thing that we need to have in our mind. Um, for all that we're being played, that it's some Mideast terrorist group, it's some, uh, you know, militia group. Um, the reality is these are nation state level operations, some of them being conducted within our own agencies. That's part of the whole point. Uh, the revelations coming forth uh, that have been there since the beginning. Look, I mean, as a child of the 60s, we knew all the way along that uh, American intelligence agencies uh, were strongly indicated as having been behind uh, President Kennedy's assassination. Uh, uh, within a day or two of the assassination occurring, um, uh, President Truman, of course, out of office now for, at that point for almost a decade, uh, he himself said, you know, this, uh, it looks to him like, uh, this was, uh, CIA behind this, you know, were they behind the killing of a president? Um, Robert Kennedy, uh, calls over and talks to people over the CIA. Did you guys kill my brother? Um, president Trump more recently says that, uh, you know, the information that still hasn't been released concerning the activities, uh, uh, related to President uh, Kennedy's assassination, it's so egregious, so um, horrid that uh, and, and slimy and filthy that he couldn't release it. It was just too disgusting uh, to release to the American people right now. Well, well, why would that be? Because it's the truth about the involvement of, uh, of people inside the American system who uh, through collusion, saw to it that you had uh, a president assassinated. Uh, even the stuff coming out with Oswald, and and we've known this, you know, all the book scrap, you know, we've seen it all the way along. Uh, the New Orleans investigations uh, showing the connection of CIA to all these various uh, players. Oswald himself being at the U-2 facility there in Japan and recruited there into the CIA even though he'd been involved in other stuff before he ever got there, probably was recruited long before Japan. Um, and then miraculously with $204 in his pocket, uh, uh, going to uh, Helsinki, Finland, and then going to Russia and uh, announcing to the embassy that he's defecting to Russia. Uh, and then, by the way, not too long after that, the U-2 being shot down over Russia. What did he take there? What did he give them that allowed them to be able to precisely target that aircraft? Who could have wanted that um, in the system? People inside the military-industrial complex, as Eisenhower warned us, who needed to up the game to have a context in which to uh, force more military spending, uh, weapons development, etc. And uh, even right now, look at the situation. We send all of the equipment over to Central Europe and troops. Uh, everything that wasn't nailed down is going to Central Europe right now. What, for a nuclear war in Central Europe? Everybody involved has said that, uh, you know, um, tactical nukes are authorized. Uh, who benefits? in that kind of a situation, certainly not the kids that are on the front line that might get uh, vaporized. Um, and who could be behind it? You know, you start talking, well, is it ISIS? Is it uh, some other group? Remember when they were, you know, uh, using different names for ISIS and we kept saying, no, it's ISIS. Uh, and who's behind that? Well, we know it was CIA money. That's part of the, the stuff that's yet to come out and be vetted uh, fully within some of the investigations to come and the people that were talking about at the time, you know, how did ISIS get 
the opportunity to go into all of the um, weapons depots in Iraq and get all those Toyota trucks full of gas and uh, all the weapons, uh, all the munitions, and they just walk in, take them, and head into uh, uh, northern Syria, northern Iraq. Uh, that wasn't an accident. That wasn't um, poor planning. That was intentional. And uh, uh, somebody wanted that to happen inside the machine. These are globalista. That I, I was there during wonders. that time frame, and we we were like having all of the munition uh, bunkers that Saddam had. They were being blown up by uh, you know the military, and then they just shut it down. And then we saw them being raided, and we're we're bringing attention to that, but no one did anything about it. So yeah, you're right. They they basically backed off so they could grab all that stuff. Well, they did. It was it was by intent. There was collusion. Look, I was going back, you know, the other day, I think in one of the shows I was talking about the fact that, you know, at Oklahoma City, um, this big event that was supposedly a bunch of uh, militia people here in, in the country, uh, McVeigh and, you know, possibly others that had a similar mindset. You know, McVeigh was escorted by FBI people uh, pretending to be in the militia movement to go see my buddy Bill Cooper. Mm. And he was at a house that was actually a cover. The people were on the payroll as contractors to FBI. Mm. So here he's being, you know, uh, read a bill of goods about who's helping him out. They've got a, a, a refuge for him. They can hide out there safely. And then they bring... McVeigh, uh, in the control of, uh, escorted by FBI, uh, personnel and contractors to meet him. They were setting him up to try and get him in on Oklahoma city. What's the other side of the Oklahoma city story? Well, you know, I was over there on, on the, uh, whitewater stuff, uh, had a history uh, prior to that. And then ended up there in Arkansas, trying to get to the bottom of some of the stuff that was going on mm. and, uh, all the federal agencies that had evidence of the drug running and money laundering through Arkansas, the tail numbers of aircraft bringing the drugs in, um, uh, the accounts, the bank, uh, the stuff going through the Caribbean, um, uh, the reinsurance corporations and the collusion of the various players, uh, ADFA, Arkansas Development Finance Authority, a pseudo private lending organization for you know, promoting uh, business in Arkansas and uh, through bond issues. It was just a money laundering operation, just like what Mike Gill's finding up in New Hampshire with the LLCs. Mm -hmm. uh, this was an earlier version of the same thing. And it wasn't just Arkansas. It was Kentucky Development Finance Authority, Illinois Development Finance Authority, Nebraska Development Finance Authority, all these different states, a dozen states with the same racket. And the money and the people involved, all CIA, all uh, contractors. And so at a certain point, the uh, Senate uh, banking committee, is what I recall, banking or finance committee, they were going to get to the bottom of, man, they're, they're going to get these guys, we're going to get them, we're going to finally get the money laundering and the payoffs and all the people involved. And so they sent the word out that everybody had to turn in their original evidence, their notes, uh, pictures, uh, uh, communications. They had to turn in all of their original copies uh, to be sent to the Senate for their investigators to pour through. Now you have to think about this. Everybody at the time was like, what? Originals? When you go to testify, when you have uh, you know, evidence in, in crime and like that, uh, the jurisdiction has a property room, uh, the, the detective, who got it, the investigator, whether it's IRS or Treasury or uh, any other uh, group, DEA, they have their notes, they have photographs, they have evidence that they've taken in, and they personally sign it and date it, and then they put into a secure evidence location. And uh, it's maintained so that they can have, um, uh, you know, a proof of custody, and they can testify that it's been in my care, custody, my agency's custody. It was in the locker room. It's been unaltered, et cetera. 
uh, during that time period. So to give the original notes and records and send them off uh, to Washington, D.C., it's like, no, I'll bring my notes and my records and my information with me when you want to see it. I'll maintain it in my custody. You come to me or I'll bring it with me. And that was very unusual. <laughs> Once all that evidence was collected, uh, miraculously, amazingly, it was shipped off of all places to Oklahoma City. They said there was so much and everything else. They didn't have a place for it in Washington, D.C. They were going to get a place for it. So they sent it to Oklahoma City um, to be there. And then they'd move it to Washington at a later point. But that's a federal facility and, you know, federal courthouse. And it'll be safe there. And so it all gets there to Oklahoma City. And then mag magically, miraculously, amazingly for the bad guys, kaboom, the whole thing gets blown up. Well, who wanted that? Who did that? Who benefited? Everybody in Oklahoma, you know, to the vast majority, knows the public story is bullshit. And that was an inside the cabal thing. Oh, no, it was it was a lone gunman. It was a lone terrorist, you know, and, and blah, blah. I was I was actually here uh, in Hawaii, just, just up the coast a ways. Um, a person that everybody in this audience would know by name instantly. He and I are on a, a boat. Uh, having a breakfast and watching the TV, uh, cruising past the volcano. And uh, when the news reports came about Oklahoma City, and this was, you know, uh, cell phone days were on then. So uh, I got to General Park on the phone, uh, who did the BDA assessments, bomb damage assessments uh, over at the Air Force. And I, I called him and said, hey, uh, this look right to you? And uh, uh, he says, nope. Definitely doesn't. Uh, they're saying that was uh, a, uh, a fertilizer bomb, and then it's in a truck, and it's parked, you know, you know, hundred feet from the building. Uh, the air is like a pillow to that explosion, and then it's not a rapid uh, combustion rate. Uh, it's a slow flame front, and so it explodes in a kind of an erupting fashion, but it it just doesn't have concussive force, uh, and so. Uh, it had probably blown the paint off the building, wouldn't have done anything more than that. There was something more going on. And then even to take the structure out of the building, that had to be uh, some type of hardwired, probably debt cord uh, on the uh, uh, support columns in the front of the building. Mm. And so we talked about that. I mean, this is in hours after the explosion. I mean, nice. immediately afterwards, okay? He came out and did a press conference like two days later and said, uh, you know, he was, he was being as, um, as, uh, careful in how he said it as possible. So not to, you know, without the rest of the information, while wow, we do an investigation, you know, he just said, no, unlikely that the truck could have done this. He didn't say no, but we don't, you know, there's no, we need more material to understand whatever. And, uh, but the reality was he was early decisive i can do a report later and said no no <laughs> so who did that and how did how did we not get to the truth of that with all the investigations everything else you know even the you know uh other vehicles or people or witnesses uh back to the rental and all that i raised oklahoma city because we were played and there was collusion um inside of all of that event to stop uh, the truth from ever being gotten to. And of course, later then we had 9-11. Uh, uh, we've had multiple events since. Who has the power in the system um, inside these three-letter agencies to uh, uh, cook the story we hear uh, that efficiently, that effectively? Let me bring something up. Your listeners, I've talked about it numerous times previously. I assisted uh, uh, Hugo Fugan. Uh, we, uh, I helped with the editing on, on the book. He did just an amazing job, unbelievable job. Uh, put together a book, The Fuddy Hoax, about Loretta Fuddy. And uh, she was the Hawaii Health uh, uh, Administrator, Commissioner, whatever they called her. Um, who, you know, magically she comes on board, 
looks behind the file cabinets, checks under the desk and around the corner, and lo and behold, she finds Obama's birth certificate. And so, uh, and amazingly, miraculously, uh, stunningly, she was the accountant for Sabood, this uh, pseudo-religious organization. Uh, she was living up in Bellevue, Washington, uh, you know, like 3,000 members around the world. They got a couple of locations around the world where they have their little religious sites, uh, Indonesia, Hawaii, uh, Southern California, a few blocks down the road, mile two, three, down the road from uh, Langley, Virginia, <laughs> up in Seattle, Washington, Bellevue, Washington. And here she is, the accountant, but for some reason, she never met another member, so like 3,000 you know, wide in the thing, never supposedly met another big time Sabood member, which was Stanley Ann Dunham, Obama's mama, supposedly. Okay. Uh, they never crossed paths. We don't know. These, she's Supergirl. They both show up in the same places at different times, and you never see the pair of them together in this tiny little organization. And she's the accountant. Whenever you do intelligence operations, whenever you're trying to get into an organization, you always want somebody that's in charge of the accounting. Because uh, you see where everything goes, who's who's getting what money, where it's going, and you can control that. Uh, she's the accountant. <laughs> and so, you know, clearly, okay, I'll just cut to the chase. Clearly, uh, CIA asset. That's bad wow. life. Hmm. Okay. And then this CIA asset by the way, who also came and went from Indonesia where Obama's mama, you know, chooses to go and, and do her studies and looking at cultural history and stuff like that in Indonesia. She's there during one of the most chaotic moments in Indonesian history when they're essentially on the verge of a civil war and then do go through a civil war. And she's magically there to just study and, you know, contemplate peace with the Sabood organization and everything else. Uh, the president of Indonesia at the time, Sukarno, uh, said publicly in news conference that CIA was trying to subvert his uh, government and he was they were using uh, Sabood, this pseudo-religious organization, as a cover to destroy his presidency. He said it in a public news conference. And then a short while later, amazingly, he's out and Sakarna or Soharno's in. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, exactly what he said. So here's this pseudo religious organization. And the person that's, you know, handling the books and finances and all that magically ends up in Hawaii with no real health experience. And she's the head of the Department of Public Health. I was had doctors that were in that position uh, prior to that. And the guy that was the doctor that was running it at the time. Um, they had a news conference and, uh, suddenly he's resigning and they ask him in the news conference, uh, why are you resigning? He said, I don't know. Governor told me to resign. Uh, miraculously, he was being suddenly investigated for, uh, misbilling to social security department, uh, uh, or some Medicaid or something like that for some of his patients. As soon as he resigns, they do a little investigation. It goes away and he moves on with life. But this operative Loretta Fuddy becomes head of the uh, uh, public health there in Hawaii. And then she miraculously finds the birth certificate. And then a year later, she's off over uh, by Molokai and uh, one of the islands here in the Hawaiian islands by the leper colony where the public can't go without permission. And she has to do an annual visit to check up on the lepers there. that are still there, a handful of people. And, uh, uh, when they're taking off, the airplane has an incident, a total catastrophic engine failure uh, for that particular type of an engine, virtually impossible, unheard of. But miraculously, one other of the same type of aircraft a year earlier, it had, or not even years, I think it was six months earlier, in the same jurisdiction, it had a similar total engine failure all across the rest of the world. Nobody has a problem. Uh, they have two of them right there in the same area. It was a test to make sure they knew everybody that would respond and how it, how it operate, what would happen, but nobody died. So 
on the Loretta Fighty one, when they, they crashed this plane in the ocean, they said it's some of the most treacherous water in the world and uh, they'll never recover the wreckage. You'll never find it. It's going to be, you know, gone. They acted like it crashed out in the middle of, of this uh, area between the, the islands. It wasn't. It was a couple hundred yards offshore. The work that Hugo Fugan did in the uh, the Fuddy Hoax, uh, the book, he shows that there was a complete cover-up. FAA, military. Wow. Uh, they even had a dive team that was there with a the sub, okay? One of the many uh, uh, team subs. They had all sorts of assets. They had closed off the airspace days in advance overhead so you could have a military aircraft there before this happened. They could communicate directly back to the White House. Um, the cover-up was massive. It was an insider. Who has the authority to pull that off? And it was a ruse to the American people and everybody else uh, about, uh, you know, to cover the trail on the birth certificate. Okay, now that you got the stuff, now you got to get rid of the person that's there. Oh, and by the way, Loretta Fuddy never met Obama's mama, even though they were all there together. But then, you know, Obama's mama, she never really got talked to much because she died of, of cancer a few years earlier, mm. supposedly. Go look at the pictures. Tell me who's who. Who miraculously might have still been alive under a different name. Wow. Mm. Okay. We're being played at every possible level. And it's inside these agencies. That's the problem. And then, of course, you come forward um, uh, to Trump, the 2020 election, he issues an executive order, says that, uh, all future elections because of the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax from now on, we'll have Homeland Security look at it, uh, every federal election for any signs of foreign interference. If Russia's in there or anybody else, we want to know about it. And then, uh, we need a report within 45 days from the office of the director of national intelligence. Uh, concerning any foreign interference in all future federal elections so that, you know, they can, you know, if, if there is interference, if Russia, Russia, Russia is involved, we know where to look. It's an interim report. Um, and uh, then before Congress certifies anything at the, the presidential election, before anybody takes office in Congress, uh, while there's still time to do something about it, 45 days after the election, if there's indications of foreign interference, well, we can go deal with it and take care of it. Well, what happened in 2020? Hello, this is Michael Jaco. If you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition, go to michaelkjaco.com, unleashingintuition.com, where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. Of the agency heads, or appointed positions of, you know, nominated by the president and then, uh, you know, uh, agreed to by Congress, uh, head of FBI, CIA, NSA, uh, uh, CISPA, Cybersecurity Intelligence, National Reconnaissance Office, all these people, uh, the heads of these agencies were uncooperative and said that, uh, you know, they told Radcliffe, we're not going to give you a report because, uh, uh, we don't trust Donald Trump, whatever excuse they wanted to use. And so Radcliffe came out publicly three days beforehand. Well, there's still time for Congress to step in and say, whoa, wait a minute. You're telling me that you're not going to provide the information that you're supposed to based on this executive order, a direct order from the commander in chief, and you're not going to comply with that. That's insubordination. You can't do that. Congress should have yarded each one of those uh, uh, positions in head of FBI, head of CISPA, these other organizations, Shidi Yardman had a private hearing on what basis do you believe that you have the legal authority or necessity to not provide your information to the Office of Director of National Intelligence for the report that was due at 45 days after the election to protect the vote for the American people. And instead of... Uh, doing that and Radcliffe gave him plenty of time and with three days notice, you know, this should have been a national emergency. These guys aren't complying. Nothing happened. It's just crickets. Why did the heads of those federal agencies think they were safe um, ignoring a uh, direct order of the commander-in-chief because they knew Congress was going to be complicit with them and right. wouldn't force anything.
and they would get charged, they would get drawn up, nothing. There was collusion there between Congress and the heads of those agencies working together to block any information about Chinese interference. Radcliffe was very clear. There was Chinese interference in the 2020 election, uh, but nothing, crickets. Uh, we didn't get there. Um, that is, uh, uh, you know, that, you know, interfering in a federal election is an act of war. Um, so China interfered in our federal election. We don't know. Radcliffe said, we don't know if it was enough to overturn the election, but they interfered and we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. Well, it wasn't enough to overturn the election. We didn't get the data. How could we know? We need to see that data. That's, that's part of the whole point. And it never happened. So Congress certified election without the benefit of the intelligence data from the largest intelligence gathering machine ever created on planet Earth. Um, that is federal agencies working against the best interests of the American people. And it's the same thing now with what's going on at the border. You have federal agencies receiving people coming over the border, putting them on buses and aircraft and flying them all over the country, giving them ID uh, uh, so that they can, you know, vote potentially also giving them ID and then money, monthly checks to go invade neighborhoods all over the country and start building out. And they're going to displace the American citizens. That's a violation of your civil rights as an American citizen. Your vote is being overturned and diluted. Your citizenship is being stolen away from you. One, uh, unlawful immigrant at a time. And uh, you're going to wake up and you're not even going to have your own country anymore. We're, we're very close to that right now. Well, who's complicit in this? Who's behind it? Federal agencies and officers inside those federal agencies working against the American people. That's, you know, blowing up a building, 9-11, uh, other false flags. Uh, those are horrors. But they're blowing up the country. They're drilling holes in the foundation of the country. And they're getting away with it right now. And that is federal agencies working against the best interests of the citizens that uh, are actually their bosses. Hmm. So they're um, basically destroying America. So how how much longer do you think we have that, to allow these people to be exposed? And uh, do you think there's going to be a pushback on this some way? Now, you had talked uh, earlier like last week when we talked a little bit, you disclosed some things that were, were in the in the making uh, as far as like, you know, they were going to put some pressure on uh, the Biden family. And I look, I see that pressure has come uh, as far yep. as like, you know, making, bringing up a lot of stuff. You talked about that before it happened. I was like, ah, you're, you're, you're in touch with this stuff. Uh, you know what's going on. So what do you think is coming with this? Are they going to like put pressure on them? They're going to hook... Uh, this Biden, you know, dying corpse to the Democrat Party, like you're talking about. What's well, okay, so let's let's think about this for a second. Um, uh, you know, here's here's the issue. Uh, they wanted to get rid of Biden partway through the administration, get Nancy in there. She'd be the president. Uh, Harris doesn't qualify. They'd get somebody else, probably Newsom, in there as a VP or something. And there was a plan in place, and that got thwarted. That's why I talk about these. Um, things that didn't happen that they had in mind. Remember, uh, for all that people are just livid over what's going on in the country, my point in that thing I did with Nina the other day, mm -hmm. here's some wins that any one of them or combination of them, the country would be so different yeah. as to be unrecognizable right now. Uh, uh, these were, you know, destructive events, Job's events, et cetera, that were designed to uh, catastrophically move America someplace that uh, we'd never recover from and uh, uh, that the bad guys would, would own control of the country. They didn't get them. Um, their e-checkpoints of was it perfect? No, but, but we're still in the fight. Um, one of the things that's very painful for the people that uh, put Joe Biden in power 
um, both domestically here inside the United States within these agencies. Think of those agency directors who didn't want the uh, vote investigated, overturned in any way that wanted a Biden as president, uh, those congressional people that certified the election wanted Biden as president and then thought they had a scam where they could, um, uh, you know, elevate Pelosi into position or somebody else and do a transfer and they own power for a long time out of the future. Uh, that didn't happen. They've still got Biden there. They've still got Harris there. Um, do they want Biden there actually for real? Think about it. Uh, you know, it's the image of Biden. Uh, is he going to be viable, you know, realistically is, is whatever they're trying to show going to be viable coming up in 2024? Uh, is there ever going to be crowds like Trump gets or one one hundredth the crowds that Trump gets for anything related to the administration with their fake vote? No, it's not going to happen. So what do they got to do? They'd like to get rid of Biden. Uh, the thing I mentioned in one of the other shows, for those that might not have heard it here, you know, in, in uh, Roman times, of course, we all know the cross and the crucifixion. It was a gruesome, horrible way to die. But one of the other things that the Romans practiced, if someone was found guilty of murder uh, and their justice system didn't take years like it does here, it might have taken hours or days, uh, one of the penalties uh or being convicted of murder, was they would take the dead corpse of the person that you had killed, and they would shackle you to that corpse, ankle to ankle, waist to waist, arm to arm, neck to neck, head to head, face to face. And you would be right there with the corpse of the person that you had killed as they decayed and rotted away. It's a gruesome, horrid, way to die, shackled to the dead corpse of the person, uh, you know, that you've killed. Now, the problem for the Democrats right now is they can't get rid of Biden. They can't get rid of Biden. There's no mechanism because if they take him out, if he uh, expires, if uh, something should happen, um, they, they don't have an easy transition to someone else coming into power. Uh, in, in the normal right of succession, it would go to Harris. Well, she's no solution, and, and the, she's going to be challenged. She could be vice president. She can't be president because there's all sorts of issues related to uh, her birth that would be challenged vociferously if they try to put her in the presidency. Well, the next person in line is McCarthy. Uh, might be a rhino, but uh, he is a Republican, and... Uh, so that's where we talk about the popcorn in the show. Enjoy the show. They're trying to do this dance, and they're shackled to this dead corpse, you know, uh, weekend at Biden's. <laughs> and, and so how do they get loose of that? And what's that mechanism look like? And, and every angle looks worse. And now we're coming into the dis disclosures of the Biden crime family's uh, corruption. All the members of the family and and the money that they're getting and they're channeling through uh, the Hunter stuff with the fake story about how this is Russian disinformation on the laptop. And now, oh, gosh, it's all true. You know, the pictures of him screwing the Obama girls, uh, the payoffs from the Chinese and out of Ukraine and from other places all over the world. Um, the revelation that the American people are going to have to come to grips with as we come into a Cuban Missile Crisis type of event in the Ukraine, most likely, which I've talked about for years. But the revelation that the Biden crime family and a handful of other political crime families wanted Ukraine destroyed, uh, just like uh, a mob operation where you have the restaurant and the sporting goods store and they need to burn it down to burn down the trail of evidence because they've ripped it off for as much as they're going to get. Now they need an insurance fire and they're trying to burn down Ukraine. They've even talked about use of tactical nuclear weapons to destroy the crime scene. But American lives are on the line. A couple hundred thousand Ukrainian troops have already died. 25,000 Russian troops or more. 
uh, uh, millions of people displaced all over the world just to cover up the crime scene from the Biden and other political families' uh, uh, corruption. So with that in mind, um, uh, how can we allow that as the American people? And as the American people find out about that, are they going to be good with the fact that lives are damaged or destroyed, young American men are being sent into a war zone? We may very well be on the verge of nuclear war, none of which would ever have happened under Trump. See, I, none of it would have ever happened under Trump. And uh, yet it's about to happen here. And it's all because of corruption, not because we actually had a an honest, fair, real issue with Russia. In fact, it's our bio labs that we were funding as the American people through our defense establishment that were there in Ukraine that Putin was complaining about. Do I still have you there? Yeah, still in. So again, you know, you think about it. This is corruption inside of our federal agencies and inside our military that cannot be allowed to stand and has huge consequences for the American people. Uh, the next one that you haven't seen yet, but it's coming, is the, the huge financial drama. They want to go to crypto right. or to a digital currency here in the country and switch all the banking uh, over to the digital. And of course, you know, it's one thing to have fiat paper. That's bad enough. But to have fiat uh, digital currency, uh, cryptocurrency, uh, that's, you know, you have no hope there. So with that in mind, America needs to uh, the American people need to realize that you know, we have a constitution that says um, gold and silver coin minted is the currency of the realm. It was a corrupt Congress bought and paid for by insiders that went to this Federal Reserve System, no more federal than Federal Express. Uh, this federal tax system, no more federal than Federal Express. IRS has offices in uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, same with the Federal Reserve. Uh, and it's not in the federal registry. Uh, American people have to fight back from that and throw off the uh, uh, enslavement that's coming through the corrupt vote there inside of Congress and players that got in through a fraud and are now running the country. Uh, you know, the fight's just reaching a point now where people are going to have to make the decision whether or not they're going to allow federal corruption to continue or uh, eliminate it. And Joe Biden is the corpse that the, that the Democrats are going to be shackled to as the revelations come um, about that corruption. Yeah. So uh, do, you, do you think they're going to be uh, taking down some of these um, like the FBI and CIA anytime soon? Or are they going to continue? Well, the takedown of those agencies won't come uh, till sometime after the initial key arrests. You've got, um, you know, I, I think I mentioned with your audience once before, uh, I was pretty shocked last fall when uh, I found out that uh, a, a contact, um, somebody known to me personally, uh, was sitting on a tribunal somewhere out of the intelligence community. And I was like, well, okay, so where would they be and why would they be on it? It's not Gitmo. Uh, it's somewhere else. And they are out of the intelligence community, retired, and they were reactivated to sit on a tribunal. So they must have subject matter knowledge from inside the intelligence community. That's why they were specifically called up. Uh, and then um, uh, it was a few months later, I found out about another person and then another person, another person. So there's now four people that I'm aware of that are sitting on tribunals somewhere, and they're all out of the intelligence community. Uh, that have been reactivated. So would they all be on the same tribunal? Unlikely. Uh, would they, what would they be looking at? Probably activities of contractors, uh, possibly officers. And, and remember, when a tribunal is set, you may have some initial primary target, but then as the investigation goes on, they may widen out to other targets uh, as they um, hear evidence, etc. 
So um, that would uh, mean that somewhere in here, we're probably going to see that uh, uh, arrests are going to come related to those investigations as they build out the case, just because you, you know, and there might've been, you know, some evidence of, of mischief, uh, and, and referrals over to the justice department that weren't acted on. Remember he had, uh, Grassley and Comer sending the letter, letter over to, uh, um, Garland and FBI saying that, uh, we're aware that you've got information from a whistleblower. Uh, that uh, work product was developed and wasn't acted upon. Uh, we want that information here at the house immediately so that we can do what you didn't. We can do the investigation that you failed to and, you know, uh, get to the bottom of what's going on here. And uh, so even though things weren't uh, acted on or operated on uh, earlier on, uh, it appears that there would be some something happening right now, but even at the house, uh, one of the things that's very disconcerting is that, uh, uh, it appears that, um, uh, Homer's doing some pretty good work and, and powering through, did a good interview over the weekend yeah. with, uh, Maria Bartolo, yeah. Bartolo Ramo. Mm -hmm. Um, um, but there's a number of people that are concerned about where Jordan's at on this thing and that he's slow walking things through. Uh, doing the Trey Gowdy model. Trey would have great uh, rhetoric, you know, huge speeches. It's the end of the world, and we've got to do something, and damn well we're going to do it right now mm -hmm. as a prosecutor, and it sounded great. But then ultimately it was slow walking things through, and we didn't get to um, real action. Nothing came of it. And now there's questions and concerns, and I'm not saying one way or the other, uh, proofs in the pudding, but is Jordan, uh, applying the, uh, Trey Gowdy model? You know, there's, you know, there's, there should be hundreds of investigators looking at the pile of data that's there to be looked at, including stuff like Mike Gill has, uh, up from New Hampshire. And yet they're just barely going through one interview a week and transcript and barely moving. That's at least the perception that many people have, uh, you know, prove it ain't so. Um, if that's the case, uh, we won't get to action in time before this house is over with, this administration's over with the time to affect the 2024 elections. And that's a crime against America. Justice delayed is justice denied. Um, so is that, uh, is that going to change? The one thing is if he isn't hiring uh, the number of investigators, if he's not getting the money for the volume of investigators that are needed to do a real investigation, then I would say those accusations are well-founded. Um, uh, with the volume of material that the whistleblowers are bringing and standing by to give, there should be huge volume of investigators looking at this stuff. Uh, the only other Thing that we can, you know, throw into that mix is that's on the Justice Department side and the House investigation side, uh, making referral that's department for prosecution. But the other side of the coin would be, um, uh, if there's military tribunals taking place and military action, um, they would be much more probably efficient and precise in what they were looking for and uh uh you know you could make a very good case for the fact that uh things are about to happen from a military standpoint that uh are veiled through mm -hmm. the rest of the justice system and not understood through the rest of the justice system and if that's the case um it could be a lightning bolt that nobody sees coming and that may be the only route because you can't get to justice at the Justice Department. The, the letter to Garland, the letter to the FBI show that they're both compromised in their work. And therefore, the only way that we're going to get this is through another avenue. And if you can't, and if, and if treason is involved, if national security is involved, if nation state level attacks on America had occurred and were, were involved, then the appropriate place is military to protect us from an attack by a 
uh, external force, uh, nation state level. And uh, when they strike, it will probably be quite um, decisive, dramatic, and unexpected um, would be the way we'd have to say it. Yeah. So I, I have some pretty uh, uh, good chat going on in uh, the group that I have here. And uh, one one person is bringing up that uh, there was a Trump speech uh, a couple of weeks ago in Florida where he said, uh, in six months from now, we will be energy independent once again. Now, of course, it takes takes a while for, uh, you know, the, the pumps to get going again and the, the pipelines to get everything rolling again. So sounds like uh, somebody might be uh, making a comeback. But, um, you know, we, we've talked about this before and it's it's kind of hard to uh, to see how this might come about. But, there, you know, these tents and stuff keep getting dropped. What do you, what do you think? Well... Uh, and I'm just going to plug my, my phone in so I don't lose the parasite, get a little low on power. Um, the the reality is Trump is great at trolling right. the other side. Yeah. A lot of times um, he'll say stuff and it causes uh, the decision to him to, you know, try to move to block what may be coming and what they perceived as coming. And so they'll say stuff that's before it actually happens, put a time on it. Um, it's not uh, exactly what's about to occur. Um, there is stuff coming, but, you know, again, would you be, you know, people look at it and they're thinking that uh, that movie, we're going to bring Tesla technology to bear almost immediately. And that's just not uh, uh, probably quite the way that it's intended. When you shut down oil wells or slow them down, like has happened uh, across uh, the country, you don't just instantaneously turn them on like a spigot. Uh, you can damage capillary action, et cetera. So how long would it take us to get back up to speed uh, with the energy? Might take a little while, but we have reserves out there. There's things that can be done. Um, plus, if we go through a stretch here where the country goes into some type of a shutdown reset, uh, the use of uh, energy might go down for a bit, letting us catch up on the uh, production like that. Uh, ultimately, um, energy production, uh, oil, gas, is going to have to be turned back on here in the country. And, and remember... When Trump came into power, it was about two and a half years before we became a net exporter of oil, first time in 50 years. Uh, everybody said it couldn't possibly happen. There's no way you're going to be able to pull that off. And we did it very quickly. Yeah. So that in mind, uh, you know, we've got uh, uh, ways to fix the problem, if you will. Yeah, most definitely. So I think that, uh, no, you know, it's, it's, well, let me, let me just say this, Michael, mm. um, a lot of people, uh, they're fixed in somebody else's way of seeing, um, the problem and the fix in a normal, uh, business world, things may take a certain amount of time in a national emergency crisis mode. If we're uh, in some type of a uh, threat of collapse of uh, supply, lives on the line, you know, energy, you know, keeps people alive. Uh, it makes tractors run to plow the fields. It uh, keeps the heat on, etc. In a national emergency, the things that can be done from a military or an executive position are pretty radical and much quicker you're you know i remember after there was a big quake in california uh the northridge quake and one of the freeway overpasses came down that was a crucial you know route that you know hundreds of thousands of people use today and in the normal process it was going to take like five years or something to repair pass instead uh they came and had this thing done and i i think it was some ridiculous amount of time like five or six months, uh, somebody in the, in the crowd will remember what it was, but it was, uh, 
just a fraction of the time and the contractor, you know, got a benefit for getting this done quickly. And each step, they didn't cut any corners. They had to um, go through the inspection process at each step to verify that it was done safely, that it met all of the requirements for this kind of a, a building thing. But uh, they came in and, and repaired it very, very, very quickly. America is full of innovators. In a real crisis with everything on the line, you'd be amazed at how quickly we can get things back under control. And, and that's part of what Trump is implying, that once we have the will to bring the country back under control, um, it can happen very quickly. We just have to have the will. And part of the thing is, even with what's going on with the border, all these people getting in, we'll never find them all. We'll never get that. You're thinking in terms of the country, the state, the policing, the feds, the way it is right now. Once the will is in place, once the directive is in place from uh, a military position, uh, we can lock things down uh, for a relatively short period of time and probably get 90% of the problem rounded up and uh, under control very quickly or more. Wow. And then, uh, you know, look at what we got to do to get the country rolling again. And, uh, and those people that we do take into custody uh, will be given pretty clear, you know, options. You want to go home? Well, yeah, you want to stay here and fight through uh, you can stay here. It might be five, ten years before you're going to get out of asylum. That's what it is. Nice. So I, I just saw there's uh, there's um, uh, Brennan. John Brennan admits that the dirty 51. So 51, of course, that's a six number uh, letter used to cover up Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation was political. So these guys are starting to come out and admit this stuff. Do you think they're getting pressure to do that, or or they're just uh, uh, trying to cover themselves? What what? What's going to happen going forward? Well, I think that's that's clearly, uh, first off, the, the 51, that's an Osiris number, three times 17. You know, Area 51, the, the most secret of all the basins, you know, where the magic happens. Oh. This is that cabal that I was talking about right off the bat with this. You know, Washington, D.C. is the most religious city on the planet, arguably more religious than the Vatican, because mm. it's run by a cult. Uh, that's that Osiris cult at the Washington Monument. It sits at right. the center of the city. And then the Oval Office, you have a phallic symbol in the Oval Office. Uh, fuck you. Uh, this this federal city. You know, the one of the last things that Trump did uh, as he was leaving office in uh, 2020 was, uh, 2021, was issued uh, an executive directive concerning the manner in which uh, a location or locations would be picked to move federal agencies and authorities should Washington, D.C. become uninhabitable. Wow. Uh, so uh, I talk about it in, in my first and second edition books. Uh, is there going to be a moment where uh, that federal city is no longer going to be uh the center of our federal operation in America. You know, Trump's talked about reducing the size of government, of uh, federal employees by 50%. At least. Uh, no. Yeah, or more. Yeah. So why would that be important? Because uh, he's going to decentralize the country's uh, operation, get rid of this uh, federal um, authority that has been running the country. Because mm. remember, the federal government was supposed to be very, relatively small to provide a united front to enemies external to America. And states' rights were everything. That's why when the Supreme Court did the uh, reversal of the Roe versus Wade decision, Justice pa Thomas wrote the, uh, uh, the decision and said that an earlier court erred in its judgment, finding that there was federal authority a right from a federal level to mandate uh, abortion out through the states. He, they didn't reverse abortion, only the federal mandate uh, allowing it. Uh, the uh, more recent decision 
uh, returned authority to decide if abortion was going to be allowed in a state back to the states as a state's right. And then in the decision, it also says that there are other similar uh, decisions by the courts uh, that are similarly flawed, ascribing federal authority to make uh, decisions about how the states function that's not their place, it's not their right. And so they similarly should be overturned and return the rights to the states. Reagan was all about states' rights and, and uh, having states be responsible for more of what was going on, not sending all their money to the feds and then getting a portion of it back. You know, Ross Perot talking about that big sucking sound in Washington, D.C., taking in everything, and then uh, uh, you can get back a portion, you know, matching funds to do it the federal way. That's a centralization of government. If you look at what's wrong with America right now, uh, the Constitution is written as a decentralizing document. It allows no function of government to occur at any higher level than that which is necessary to accomplish its purpose. So states would decide whether you could put a sidewalk in or not by a drainage ditch. The feds would decide that if there's water moving it, it must be a salmon spawning stream anywhere in the country. I don't care where it is. And so you can't put a sidewalk in without matching federal approvals and money and grants and everything else and federalizing every action. Um, and so, uh, uh, this federal authority, this centralization of authority, this uh, controls over the country to the federal government. And of course, the IRS taking in all the money across the country to D.C. and then just a handful of uh, House and Senate members deciding how it was going to get dispersed out. Um, instead of, you know, the early part of the country, there was no IRS. There was no federal uh, tax. Uh, it was done uh, through tariffs or a small federal government to operate on behalf of the various states, a coalition. Um, and when the IRS came in, and then by degrees sucking more and more and more money out from across the country to this central location, then deciding where it's going to go back out to with federal controls and mandates, gave control over the states uh, at the federal level. Uh, we break that chain. We keep the money locally, let the states decide for themselves uh, how to spend it. And uh, there's a lot of states where the, where they would say, well, but then we won't have all that federal money and, and we need it because we're a little state and we get federal money for aid for this and that and the other thing. You're getting ripped off so bad that if you take the feds out of the equation, just get what you have from your own constituents and spend it locally, you'll have more than you ever had. It's it's uh, crazy to think that you're going to have money um, from uh, you know less money uh, after you've sent it to the feds and they send you back a little piece of it. It's just crazy. Absolutely. All right, Wine. This this is a great reveal as usual. Uh, you you dropped some some bombs again. I, I, I'm gonna have to go back and like, what did you say yeah. about Bill Cooper? <laughs> I'll have to go back and look at that again. Now, so, uh, well, and by know, the way, Bill Cooper, just for people to know what Bill did, Bill predicted Osama bin Laden would be the one blamed for an attack, a 9-11 type attack on the buildings. And he did it uh, months in advance of the actual attack. And then he was killed supposedly because uh, he wasn't complying with this federal tax that came up to serve him some papers, ambushed him, and, and he died in the driveway there. Uh, great whistleblower. Wrote the book. Um, uh, uh, Behold the Pale Horse. Behold the Pale Horse. Love that book. And uh, uh, he, he was out there before anybody uh, talking about that. And, uh, you know, one of the other ones, uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about it another time, but we have other whistleblowers. There's, there's a number of them out there who've done similar things, uh, they need to be recognized and, and who put it all on the line. And uh, they don't get to see this day. A lot of people are, are moaning and groaning. It's all over. It's the end of America. We'll never recover from this and, and all that. I'm just telling you, we're not that 
weak of a country. Uh, it's a big country. Um, even the Chinese uh, uh, examination by the generals, how to defeat America in the coming war, and the use of fifth generation warfare, said they could not defeat America purely militarily. There had to be invasion. Mm. There had to be corruption from within. There had to be infiltration. Uh, it had to be done by degrees. Uh, including in the population. They're sifting them in. They're trying to set up schools, Mandarin schools. Do you know they've got a bunch of these Mandarin schools that are popping up all over the country? And then Chinese police stations, where the Chinese police are managing Chinese citizens here in America. Right. What in the world is that going on there? Okay, right in plain sight. We are being invaded. It's a fifth-generation type of a warfare headed for sixth. Sixth-generation warfare is the use of AIs. We're in a transitional moment. Mm. Uh, it's a grace of God moment. We're going to get through this, but it's only by the grace of God. I can just tell you that right now. But uh, I believe it's clear to those that understand that uh, we are on a winning path. And mm. these revelations are coming faster than they yeah. can defeat us, just like what's happening over at the house and uh, uh, the revelations on the Biden crime families and they can't get free of them, they can't wash the blood off their hands from the Ukraine, uh, those reveals are going to be brutal for them. We're on a winning path. Keep the faith. Uh, don't give up all hope. Pray. We're going to make it, bro. Absolutely. And uh, the Jennifer Mack, uh, you want to definitely want to check that <laughs> yeah. side out. Uh, Jennifer yeah, Mack. She's the... Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's, a, there's a thing over at Gumroad, too, for anybody that's ordered previously from Gumroad, and there's a... Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll put that link all, yeah, allpatriots.com, and, and that's just for Gumroad customers uh, on, on the coming uh, book release. And uh, a lot of fun on the on the jackets. Uh, so if you see the one there on, on the front where President Trump signed the one for Jerry Foley up in New Hampshire. Nice. And uh, a lot of fun stuff. So I, I appreciate all of your people out there. These are things that we use to as conversation starters and you know, place markers amongst our friends and, and family, which side you're on. Uh, uh, but most important too right now, um, do look at your situation. Try to get a little bit set aside. Be ready for what's coming. We got serious dramas just ahead. And you want to be on the right side of history. And you also want to be able to provide for your family and, and kind of be ready for some, some tough moments just ahead. Uh, that's just, uh, you know, wise man seeing trouble and getting the hell out of the way, right? Absolutely. All right, Juan. Thanks so much for coming on. Always a pleasure and honor to have you on. Thanks a lot. Of course. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality. Your reality.